Welcome to the Lend Academy podcast, episode number 143. This is your host, Peter Renton, founder of Lend Academy and co-founder of Lendit Fintech. This episode of the Lend Academy podcast is sponsored by Nortridge Software, the platform behind some of the largest and most innovative lending companies in fintech. If you've gone to lend it, chances are you've seen some of their customers. They chose Nortridge Software because it allowed them to push to market faster, provided the flexibility that other platforms don't, and enabled them to go from startup to IPO. Learn more at nortridge.com. Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome Blake Cohen. He is the co-founder and head of business development at Salt Lending. Now, Salt Lending are not your traditional type of lender, not your traditional type of online lender. They are a brand new type of lender that is emerging today, which are basically taking cryptocurrency assets and making secured loans against those assets. They have a really unique model. We delve into their membership model in some depth. Uh, we talk about their underwriting. We talk about how they're funding these loans and what the future holds for cryptocurrency and for blockchain. It was a fascinating interview. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Blake. Thank you, Peter. Okay, so uh, I'd like to get these things started by giving the listeners a little bit of background about yourself. Can you just tell us uh, sort of what you've done in your career to date? Sure. So I, my family's been in the real estate business in Denver for three generations, and my father also is a principal of a consulting company called Signet Partners, and I worked in the family real estate business and back uh, in 2012, started looking at emerging markets as potentially other places for that consulting company to look for business. And that is how I got into blockchain. Okay. So, so just tell us a little bit about your history with, uh, with blockchain and, and Bitcoin. Sure. So as I mentioned, you know, I, I was really looking for emerging markets as a way for uh, this small consulting company to have an advantage in terms of competing with some of the big five accounting and consulting firms. And 2014 started to kind of see articles about Bitcoin and blockchain popping up here and there and just thought, you know, I should probably figure out what this stuff is. Um, I had a friend who posted about it uh, on Facebook all the time, and I called him and said, hey, I'll, I'll buy you breakfast, and you explain to me what this is. And we did that, and it sounded good to me, and it sounded like a useful uh, technology and a useful product. And I asked him if he knew anybody who was trying to make an entrepreneurial play in the space, and he introduced me to uh, my partners and co-founders at that time, or at least some of them, uh, Sean Owen, our CEO, and Caleb Slade, our community director. Okay. So then, and so that obviously from, from that point, you know, that was the genesis of salt lending, but like, when did you, I guess maybe we could talk about what did you see in the space that sort of led to the, you know, the founding of salt lending? 
Sure. So, you know, the first thing I did coming from the, the real estate business is I Googled blockchain, Bitcoin and real estate. And even back in 2014, there were companies who were largely in, in developing nations moving real estate title to the blockchain. You know, in this country, we kind of take chain of title for granted. You buy a house and you have these kind of arcane documents which are being stored by the county or the city and and uh, these titles can go back you know dozens and hundreds of years in some cases and in some cases you'll be required by the lender to get in to get title insurance but in general you can buy a piece of property here and be secure that it is yours and that it has been granted to you legally and uh, when it comes time to sell it You'll be able to sell it and nobody's going to come out of the woodwork and claim it as their own. In other countries, it's not so secure. Mm-hmm. You know, corruption can come into play. Money can come into play. And, you know, if a, a, a wealthy person decides that they want a piece of property that a poor person owns, they can usually grease some palms and get that uh, title transferred to their name. So blockchain is obviously an ideal way to keep that from happening. You know, blockchain is, you know, the way I see it uh, is just its chain of title and it's immutable chain of title. Right. So it's ideal for that application. So that was, you know, the first thing that I was looking at. And, you know, it seemed like even though this was very useful in this country, it, it would be hard to move title companies off of their mark or make them obsolete. I think that might happen eventually or and or title companies will adopt blockchain for their own purposes but that that was kind of how i got started Mm -hmm. and once i met my partners uh in march of of 2015 you know we really just decided that we take some time to survey the landscape and see what opportunities would make themselves known you know my, my premise in emerging markets is that in an emerging market or an immature market, you have fundamental products and services that have not yet been created or are not available. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the, the picks and axes approach. Right. And so that's what we did. We spent, you know, the first three quarters of 2015, just, you know, whiteboarding and coming up with ideas, brainstorming and came up with, the idea for salt lending in October of 2015. Okay, and so then tell us then then you know you you had the idea and what was sort of you know what did you what did you do over the the next you know year or two to, prior to launch and when when did you launch? Sure. So uh, as I mentioned, you know the the idea uh, really arose in October of 2015 through a conversation with Eric Voorhees. You know, my partners and I sat down with him and kind of asked him what he would be doing if he were not running Shapeshift. And we banged around, you know, a number of ideas, including futures markets and and using the blockchain for content, uh, music content. And at some point, Eric said that he wished he could take a loan out backed by his Bitcoin. And uh, that just it seemed crazy to me that he couldn't do that. And I actually thought at the time, oh, you know, Eric just doesn't have the right banking relationships, you know, because, you know, that's that's in the real estate world. That's how you do business. You have relationships with banks and bankers and you get lines of credit. And, 
you know, the entire real estate uh, ecosystem is built on the back of asset-backed lending. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, after that conversation, I quickly realized that I was the naive one, not Eric, and that (laughs) you walk into a bank and you tell them that you'd like a loan and they say, great, what what are you going to secure it with? And you say, Bitcoin. Well, here we are in 2018 and they still laugh at you. Right. All the more so in 2015 and earlier. And in fact, Sean told me that he actually walked into a bank at one point uh, to get a loan and had Bitcoin on his balance sheet, and they just basically zeroed that out. So th- it had been on Sean's mind, and I didn't think of it until Eric mentioned it. But once I, you know, I went home after that conversation and Googled it and saw that nobody was in fact doing that and started to think of the reasons why. Uh, you know, you had this new esoteric asset class, Banks are notoriously conservative and risk averse, and uh, you had a you know a real philosophical gap at that time between the traditional financial world and the the cryptocurrency world, and there were all of these barriers to this. Mm-hmm. And you know my my heart kind of went a flutter, and I thought you know this is this is the business that we should be pursuing. Called Sean, talked about it, and. He agreed, and pretty much from that moment forth, we were totally focused on building salt lending. Like I said, that was October 2015, and we launched, or I, I kind of prefer the term, started our rollout in uh, last week of December of 2017. Okay. Okay, so then I believe, so you, you, you know, I, I mistakenly suggested in an email that we had earlier that you did an ICO and you said, no, you didn't do an ICO. You did a discounted membership sale, but you do, have, you know, because there is a salt token. I, I'm looking at it right now on, 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 um, coinmarketcap.com and, you know, you're one of the top hundred tokens or cryptocurrencies uh, available today. So tell us about the, the discounted membership sale and, and why, you, why you went that route as opposed to the ICO route that many others were doing. Sure. So, you know, we had long thought of this uh, as a platform to which we would charge membership, you know, or have a subscription. So that had kind of always been the plan. And I, I, you know, I sometimes uh, refer to it, you know, as, as a, an analog to a dating site like Match.com. You know, Match.com, you have men and women, they want to meet each other. You have Match, which is the platform. They come, they, they pay a monthly or yearly subscription. I don't really know how it works anymore. I've been married for too long to remember <laughs> that. But, uh, and, you know, there are different tiers of membership depending on how much access you want to have. And we, you know saw this in the same way, only instead of bringing together men and women who wanted to date, you were bringing together borrowers and lenders. So we had always contemplated this as a subscription service and having these subscriptions be um, among our revenue streams. Then we started to, you know, I think we, we, we quickly realized that memberships should be denoted in blockchain tokens or somehow accounted for using the blockchain. We're a mm-hmm. blockchain company. We should be harnessing all the best aspects of this technology and all the efficiencies that it affords. So we started thinking about that, representing memberships with some kind of blockchain asset. 
then, you know, uh, we, we, we realized that I, w- I should say that we were contemplating ways to both have a, a membership discovery, a price discovery and a marketing effort, you know, really a way to find out who is interested in using the service, how many people are interested in using the service, are they willing to pay for the service? And that was partly our own curiosity, although we strongly suspected that there was a huge need for this. You know, you have Bitcoin, which in October of 2015, I think was somewhere around a $10 billion market cap and growing rapidly um, as we built this out. And, uh, you know, we saw that happening and we certainly recognized that you had a real inefficiency when you have a totally unleveraged asset. But in our early conversations with bankers, you know, I naively thought that I would be able to convince some of these local banks to loan against Bitcoin, which, you know, did not materialize at that point, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the first questions that they had was, you know, what's, what's the demand here? Do you have any customers? Does anybody want to use this service? And we realized that we needed something more than anecdotal evidence and circumstantial evidence. You know, it wasn't enough to say, here's the market cap of Bitcoin. It's totally unleveraged. And here are five well-known persons in the Bitcoin space who have said that they will want to use this. We needed some real hard evidence that people wanted to use this. So we, you know, did some some calculations on, on, you know, the economics of membership, the economics of subscription, and came up with some ideas of what a membership or a subscription might be worth and different tiers of membership and subscription. And then, you know, we, we thought, well, if we can, if we sell these memberships, you know, at a discount, that could be a great way to really do some market discovery and some case discovery, find out who thinks enough of what we are offering to uh, purchase it in advance of launch. So how did that go then? How like, what was the demand? It, it was, you know, I would say it was as expected, which was very good. <laughs> um, you know, I knew, I, I felt that we would have tremendous demand but there's always that question in the back of your mind, well, what if, you know, we're just fooling ourselves and nobody really wants or needs this service? Now, a service as fundamental as leverage and credit, obviously people are going to need that. And that, that I, I will say that that is one of the primary reasons why I was attracted to this business model is that it's very easy to understand. It's a tried and true business model. It's not esoteric. It's just asset-backed lending. The only difference being that the asset class that you're lending against is new. Um, It's new, but it also happens to have ideal qualities of a collateral and that it's highly divisible, highly fungible, highly liquid. So the, uh, the membership sale went very well. You know, we really reached out to known parties, people we knew um, personally, people who we met at conferences, and, you know, they were aware of what we were doing. We offered our memberships, um, you know, with the understanding that, you know, this was the, the cheapest that they were going to purchase memberships. And if they, had, if they were contemplating using their 
crypto assets as collateral for loans in the future and were going to want our service, you know, they would be able to, you know, essentially buy it at a discount. And we did a lot of revenue in 2017. I think we kept our discounted membership sale open for 90 days or so. You know, didn't advertise it. It was all word of mouth. And, you know, have a lot of happy borrowers and future borrowers right now who are going to be able to take out loans for very cheap for the foreseeable future. Right. And so these people, you were selling these memberships, which were really a salt token, right? And, and people were paying in Ethereum, is that, or any kind of crypto, or, or could they pay in US dollars, or what, how would it work? Yeah, that's right. It's a salt membership token. It's an ERC-20 token. They were primarily paying in Bitcoin, also Ether, and they were also able to use Shapeshift to pay using whatever crypto they had on hand. And we did have a few cash buyers as well. Right. Okay. And and what people were buying was really just a membership with the promise down the road, if they want to use your service, they can. This wasn't sort of people who were suddenly putting up a loan immediately. This was just people who wanted to do this down the road. Is that right? Exactly. It would be like if a, a gym was opening up down the road and they were offering memberships at a discounted rate to attract as many users as possible in advance of actually opening their doors. You know, knowing that, and if you're, if you're a potential user for that gym, you know that this is the cheapest you're ever going to be able to buy a membership to that gym. So that's how, you know, people were looking at it. You know, I think uh, we have a lot of users who are, who are aware that this was going to be a very valuable service. You know, really anybody who's holding crypto instantly understands the value proposition that we're offering here. You know, if you purchased crypto and you are a holder and you have cash needs at any point, you're, you really have only one option, which is to sell it. And selling it leads to two outcomes. One, you lose out on the continuing appreciating value of the asset in as much as it will appreciate. Two, you will have a tax event, you know, some kind of capital gains tax event, whether it's short term or long term. And both of those are expensive. Mm-hmm. So the idea that you could use your crypto holdings, your blockchain asset holdings as collateral, not have to dispose of them, not be subject to a taxable event and be able to realize some liquidity, you know, instantly makes sense to anybody who's holding and has had to sell to, you know, to finance anything, whether it's to grow their business, to pay off student loans, to pay off medical bills, to buy a house or a car, to pay rent, to go on a vacation, you know, whatever the the use case is for those funds. Most people in crypto have had the experience of selling, seeing it appreciate, and realizing that, the thing you purchased with it uh, is now much more expensive than it was at the time you paid for it. Yes, yes, I, I'm one of those people. I, I, I bought in yep. January 2015, and I've I sold 40 percent of my holdings only before. I think it was yeah. I think the last time I sold it was at 11,000, and saw it go you know up. And but I sold it also at 2,000, and then at 4,000 or whatever. So it's anyway. Um, and yeah. have regretted selling that. But anyway, as um, I, I want to just get down to the nitty gritty here, you know, your salt token right now, according to Coin Market Cap, is trading at four dollars and twenty five cents US. 
if you want to go and take out a loan or want to join your, and now it's not a discounted membership, how, how much is membership today? Uh, I think we're selling them directly from us for $27.50. You know, we don't, what our tokens are trading for on the secondary market is, mm-hmm. is, is not our concern. You know, you can buy them wherever you want. If you use them to take out a loan or to purchase any other products and services that we offer on our platform, we will honor them at the $27.50 price. So does that mean to take out a loan, you need to have one SALT token to to take out a loan? Well, we have different tiers of membership, which basically gives you access to the platform. And then we have... We also represent loan origination and servicing fees are denominated in SALT as well. So okay. really, we, you know, all of our products and services, the price is denominated in SALT. Okay, got it. And then if, so if you want to, like, let's just, let's just get to an example. You know, I've got, you know, I, I, I want to take out a loan. You know, I've got a hundred Bitcoin. I and I want to take out a loan for I don't know twenty five thousand um, dollars or what what have you. I don't want to like what what do I need to do to take out that loan? Do I need to move? I, I imagine I need to move some of my Bitcoin over to Salts for you to have you know for you to basically have it as collateral. How does that process work? Sure. So the first thing you need to do is set up an account and then purchase a membership or your subscription, your yearly subscription, which is a minimum of one salt. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you will search for a loan. I'll add here that, you know, our rollout right now, you know, we within three weeks of launching, we had over one billion dollars in loan demand. Mm hmm. And we have to date funded 20 million of that. So we're, we're just scratching the surface. So I don't want to set the expectation that people can get loans instantly. There is, you know, we're, we're working through a lot of demand and a big part of our rollout is ensuring security. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that, that, that's really job one in any financial services business and all the more so when it's involving cryptocurrencies. So, you know, a, a big part of the reason for our uh, conservative approach to rolling out these loans is ensuring at every step of the process that what we're doing is extremely sound and that not a single cent of borrower or lender money is at risk. So, uh, However, the process, as I was saying, you, you make an account, you uh, pay for your yearly subscription, then you will request a loan. Right now, we're offering three products, uh, 20, 40, and 60% loan-to-value loans uh, with interest rates ranging, I think, from 12 to 20%, and uh, I believe... 36-month loans. Mm-hmm. Um, so you request a loan at whatever loan-to-value ratio you want. Um, then once you've been notified that your loan is available, you will send your collateral to a multi-signature wallet where the borrower, lender, the SALT lending oracle, the SALT oracle or the computer brain that monitors the 
collateral as well as the contract holds a key and a third party essentially escrow agent holds a key. Uh, once your collateral lands in the wallet, you will have cash uh, wired to your bank account or not wired, but a- ACH right. transfer to your, to your bank account. At that point, you will make your payments as prescribed per the terms of the loan, interest or principal and interest. And the Oracle will monitor the value of that collateral and uh, if the value of the collateral is declining at a faster rate than you are paying off your loan, there are triggers. Uh, so if the loan hits that first trigger point, say 80% loan to value ratio, a margin call will be issued and the borrower will be given uh, an amount of time to put in more collateral or pay the loan down further to get back to the original loan to value ratio. Right. And if it continues, if the value of the collateral continues to decline, there's the next trigger point at which a liquidation event will be triggered and a portion of the collateral will be sold, returning the loan to its original loan to value ratio. Okay. So, and, and given, I mean, you said you launched in late December or in, in December, and given the volatility of the markets, obviously we're down quite a bit from the high, well over 40%. Have you, have you had to have the, I mean, I imagine you've had to have trigger events with some of these early lenders, right? Yes, we have had a number of margin calls. A number of borrowers have uh, responded to those margin calls. I would say the preponderance of loans have seen borrowers put in more collateral. I think as soon as 15 minutes, as long as uh, you know, uh, 15 hours. But that that has typically been the response we have had. I think at least one liquidation event and we have had at least one and possibly several loans uh, simply paid and closed out. Right, right. Okay, so, you know, I, I went on your website, you have a video there and I was just watching it and you said in the video that you do no credit checks. So this is basically, you can have a FICO score of 450 and and you can go and get a, a loan from you guys if you because it's based purely on the collateral. Is is that correct? And can you explain sort of the underwriting process? Sure, that's that's right. No credit check, no personal guarantee. The collateral itself is sufficient to secure the loan. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so then I understand because because you, you know, you've got the margin calls and you've got the different things in place. You know, you've got the security. So then, who, you know, who is, where are you getting the money right now? You said you funded twenty million dollars. Where is, where are you getting that money to fund the loans? Are you, you know, are you planning on having a marketplace with investors? Um, what's what's happening today, and what are your plans? Sure. So today we have uh, created a fund that is the lender on the platform, the sole lender on the platform. Much of the capital um, in that fund to date is our own capital. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, uh, you know, you, you have to be willing to eat your own cooking and you have to have skin in the game. You know, it's the first question a, a savvy investor has is, you know, do you have skin in the game? So we wanted to demonstrate our confidence in this and really show that, you know, we were confident enough in this to put in our own capital. And we uh, have started to bring in limited partners to this fund 
as well. So we do have investor money continuously rolling in to this fund, which is available to accredited investors. Right, right. Um, ultimately, you know, ultimately this will function as we conceived it, which is at a, as a platform where we will have, you know, a peer-to-peer component where you can come in as an individual or an LLC and commit your own capital, set your own terms, and, you know, essentially we'll match borrowers and lenders. We expect institutions to come in as well as lenders. Ultimately, we think that large institutions such as banks may uh, license our platform, meaning, you know, they'll essentially pay to use the software and our risk mitigation software in our interface, but it will be, you know, uh, uh, with the skin of whatever particular institution so that they can offer this directly to their own customers. Interesting. Interesting. So then we're almost out of time, but I, I wanted to get a sense. I mean, we're recording this in mid February and, you know, the, you know, Bitcoin and many of the, most of the cryptocurrencies have, have recovered somewhat from, from the, the big sell off that they've had. But like, I'm just curious, the volatility of, you know, of Bitcoin and some of the other currencies. I mean, is that, is that tempering demand, do you think? Or is that, or, or how do you, how do you view the, the, the volatility we've had over the last month and a half? You know, I, for my part, the volatility is wholly expected. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's the volatility which makes our service valuable. I do not think it has tempered demand at all. I think that, you know, the the ecosystem, the market cap of, of cryptocurrencies is high enough and totally unleveraged that you still have a tremendous amount of pent-up demand. I don't think that billion dollars in loan demand has shrunk. I think it's actually continued to grow. And, uh, you know, a lot of our customers or potential customers and future customers are exchanges and mining operations, um, et cetera, who are, you know, somewhat philosophically long on Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. I expect there will be more volatility. I expect there will be some more of those parabolic ramp ups and some of those you know, sharp downturns. I think eventually, uh, as the market matures and more financial products are brought into the uh, ecosystem, you know, we've seen the futures markets take shape. We'll see an ETF sooner rather than later. Um, and I think the volatility will smooth out to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, that certainly doesn't affect the demand side. Right, right. So then, last question. Then, what is your vision then for for salt lending going forward? Is this something that I mean? I mean, I guess. Do you expect that all lending will be done this way? I mean, not everyone's going to hold crypto, at least not um, not for for a long, long time. But so, what, what's your what's your vision then for the future of your company? Sure, I'm glad you asked that. You know, very early on in development of this, I'd say even even the first day we got together after deciding that this was going to be the business that we were going to pursue, we recognized that this wasn't a Bitcoin play. This wasn't a Bitcoin business. Mm-hmm. We weren't creating a platform where you could use Bitcoin as collateral for cash loans. What we were creating was a platform where you could use any blockchain asset 
as collateral for a loan of any fiat currency or any other blockchain asset. Our premise being that all value is moving to the blockchain. It's not just going to be native blockchain assets such as cryptocurrencies, but diamonds, gold, fine art, stock portfolios, video game points, uh, real estate, everything is moving to the blockchain. And our platform could facilitate these types of transactions between any pairs or even portfolios. So in the future, it might not just be use your Bitcoin as collateral, get a cash loan. It might be use your stock portfolio as collateral to borrow and spend Ether. Use your Ether as collateral to borrow and spend video game points, where the general underlying premise is use your appreciating asset as collateral to borrow and spend a depreciating asset. It's kind of uh, it's kind of Gresham's law in hyperspeed. Mm-hmm. Well, fascinating. It, it, it really, it's going to be. I mean, we're living in a, a in a new world, and it's going to be fascinating to see how it all all plays out. And I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your thoughts today, Blake. Yeah, thank you very much, Peter. I, I appreciate uh, being on. Okay, we'll see you. Thanks. I don't think any of us really know what's going to happen with the future of blockchain technology, but we do know this that every single Fortune 500 company has some kind of blockchain strategy. Every major bank is looking at this. They're doing it because the technology itself has some tremendous advantages. And whether or not this world comes to pass that Blake describes remains to be seen, whether it takes a decade, two decades, or, or it never happens. But I think we can confidently say that blockchain technology is going to play a larger role in financial services going forward. And if it does become the way Blake describes it, obviously Salt Lending are very well positioned to take advantage of that. Anyway, on that note, I will sign off. I very much appreciate you listening, and I'll catch you next time. Bye. This episode of the Lend Academy podcast was sponsored by Nortridge Software, the platform behind some of the largest and most innovative lending companies in fintech. If you've gone to lend it, chances are you've seen some of their customers. They chose Nortridge Software because it allowed them to push to market faster, provided the flexibility that other platforms don't, and enabled them to go from startup to IPO. Learn more at Nortridge.com.